0: Beginning Odd Dad Out Podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Odd Dad Out Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, the tired for a different reason, Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out you can find me at OddDadOutPodcast.com and at OddDadOut and all the social media places. And this is a show where I ramble and rant and generally just kind of tell you how my week has been. And sometimes I talk about the news, but this week I'm I'm just not. <laughs> I'm just I, I'm I'm just too wow with this week. And I'll I'll just jump into it. Ah. <sighs> I'm not even going to ask how you've been, because you never answer me there no <laughs> so uh, the the title obviously kind of gives away the general subject matter this week, but it, it it's been a hell of a week. uh long story short um, my oldest Charlie broke his arm this week. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, because I'm me, the story's going to get longer. But yeah, that that's the gist of it. And I guess there's no predictable way to break your arm or to break anything, I guess. Which was kind of a funny thing about when we were at the hospital, how he was just constantly like, I just never could have imagined this. I couldn't have predicted. It's like, no, it's an accident. Shit happens. He's like, you don't predict accidents. He's like nobody's going to expect to break their arm. And just good and say, you didn't expect this to happen to me. I'm like, no. Shit happens. That's why it's an accident. If you'd expected to break your arm, then why the fuck didn't you avoid the thing? Which, you know, goes to a whole other issue. But let's let's jump back to the beginning of the story. So Yeah. Monday night. I'm just jumping in because I really don't know how to cue up this story other than like I told you, Charlie broke his arm. So Monday night is Taekwondo. I'm off work. That's the night I take the boys in. We get there kind of standard, you know, boys doing their thing. I'm helping Damien get his pads because he's now in the advanced class and they're doing sparring and so he's got, we'd ordered his sparring pads and all that stuff. Meanwhile, Charlie's getting his pads on, getting ready for class. You know, standard, nothing out of the ordinary, really. And, you know, I go find my little place on the bleachers with the other parents, and the little boys sit down with me with their snack stuff and whatever, you know, standard Monday, nothing out of the ordinary. And class starts. They start doing their warm-ups. One of the first things they do, they basically sprint from one end of the room to the other. And like, they'll be, you know, lined up on the ends and like, okay, front row, go. And they go to the, they sprint to the back of the room and they'll do 10 punches and then turn around and sprint back to their side and 10 more punches. And normally they do three passes, like three rotations. So like there and back three times, 10 punches on either side. And it's kind of their first warm up of every class period for the most part. And this time they changed it up a little bit. They're like, oh, just do one there and back. You know, kind of a, we've got other shit to do. We're just going to do one on this. Okay. Well, Charlie's on the back row because he's kind of with the taller kids. He goes, they run, run down, 10 punches, run back, 10 punches. And. Because he's so used to doing three uh, cycles, like doing this three times, he starts kind of sprinting back towards the other side, and then they're like, "Oh no, no, just one time, one time!" And he's like, oh, oh, "Oh," and kind of embarrassed because he's, oops, and made a mistake. He kind of stumbles back and kind of clown fumble falls back. And like you know, it, it's funny. Like oh, he he fell down. You know, no big thing. Doesn't seem like much. Until he stands up and comes running to me, holding his glove. Just shit, 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 shit. Like dad, like take this off. Take it. Something's wrong. Take this off. Something's wrong. At which point, I look at his hand, and it is. Wobbly, we'll say it, 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 his, his hand is, is is a bit askew from the rest of his arm so i carefully remove his glove and yeah his hand is askew and there is and it it's a bit droopy in the wrist area so i just grab him up and like holding his arm and he's trying to like dead arm He's trying to just like let go, like just kind of pick his arm up and like where it's going to hand is going to dangle. I'm like, no, hold and, like I'm trying to hold up his arm and bring him over to the counter to get a better look and like lay it out. And the one of the owners, the the wife that, you know, because most places like this seem to be owned by husband and wife uh, team and she's behind the desk there and they're looking at it and we're just looking at like oh, did he sprain his wrist? You know, how is he? What happened? And I'm looking at it and I'm like, I'm I'm pretty sure he broke his wrist. And we look and like get a good look at it and we're like, yep. And she bolts and she's like, let me get some ice. And she bolts and I'm starting to shout back to the other boys, get the bags. And I'm shouting to Damien. I was like, Damien, get over here. And, you know, so I basically tell the other boys, grab the bags we've got to go now i've got to get him to the hospital now meanwhile like basically all of the instructors have kind of congregated around because nobody realized he was actually that hurt and it is very much one of those schools where they're like hey there's no crying in here you know you're going to get hurt things you know suck you know but it's usually a case of bruised knuckles and and feet and things from not being able to break a board or just being really tired from Too much running or kicking drills or whatever. Not a broken wrist. So, as soon as they see it, they're like, "Oh, okay, yeah." Like, and they see you know, boss lady bringing a bag of ice, and we basically like, I have Charlie's busted hand, and I tell him because he's still got all of his pads on, other than the glove I've taken off up to this point, and so I basically have him hold his busted hand in his other glove because it's, you know, it's just a big foam glove. It's kind of crab claw shaped somewhat. And I'm just like, hold it and just keep it there. Don't let it go. And he is like, you can see the pain washing over him. And he's just trying to like crouch down on the floor in pain. I'm like, no, you got to get up. We got to move. I'm like, I know it hurts, but we got to move. And I'm just like, scrambling and i'm just telling the boys like get everything now get all the stuff and like i got to get you home and i got to get him to the hospital and for a minute i considered just leaving the boys there letting them finish class do whatever and having my wife go pick them up or whatever minus the fact that she was sick at home but i had the keys to both vehicles cuz i own i have the only keys to my van And we don't take my van to class. We take our car. So she wouldn't even have been able to pick up the boys. I had to take them home. No matter what, I had to get them home first. So scramble, get him in the car, get him buckled, get the other boys in the car, get all their stuff in the back and just haul ass home, drop the boy, like immediately call my wife. like, Like, we're coming back right now. Charlie broke his wrist. I'm dropping the boys off and I'm taking them to the hospital. And so she's like prepared and ready. And she grabs, you know, all of his like crucial documents because we don't, you don't even know really what you need. You always feel like you need more things. Like when you're registering at a hospital, you need to know social security numbers and insurance cards and all the a million and one pieces of information that when you're at the emergency room, you're not thinking to grab. I'm sorry, I'm not going to go and look for my social security card or my birth certificate. I'm not even going to look for my insurance card. If it's an emergency, I'm going to get myself to the doctor place and get fixed. I'm not worried about documentation that I have to carry on me. But as I wasn't the one who had to worry about that and I wasn't near it, my wife grabbed it. She handed me the envelope. Here's all of his documents because we do keep those things nice and organized, which is a good thing but hands me the little folder with all of his documents and I haul ass (laughs) to the hospital, which unfortunately is no longer nearly as close as they used to be, but I get there. Get him to the hospital, get him to the emergency room. And one of the perks of when a kid gets hurt is they get bumped up pretty quick to the front of the line. When a kid is hurt at an ER, they pretty much get priority over adults unless it's, you know, somebody bleeding out their eyes. So kid comes in with a busted wrist. And I, you know, we told him, it's like he broke his wrist in Taekwondo. He fell back on it and, and broke it. And he's sitting there just in agony, crying. And he, he was trying to, he wasn't trying to put on a brave face. He was trying not to cry and scream in pain, but he was in pain and he was, he was teared up and he was. Definitely hurting bad. And at this point, he'd calmed down at least because it was, we went, you know, we were in full panic mode. And, you know, on the drive there, he had been going through all of the pain, shock, feeling all of the sweats and the shakes and all of that. And so he'd been having to deal with all of that while I'm trying to get him to the hospital. I will say there were actually a few nice people while we were in line cuz I mean we had to sit in line at the hospital to get checked in and all that jazz but one of them was actually a lady who was in ahead of us and it was ahead of us in line and was like I'm I'm just checking on something you go ahead like he's definitely much worse off than I am and let you know let us go ahead of her in line and and got him up there and The guy basically could see and tell what was going on and basically had heard the general, the gist of the story of he fell during Taekwondo and broke his wrist and I'm trying to get him, you know, checked in and all this stuff. And fortunately, because he had been in this hospital one time before when he was like a year old, they had him on file. So I didn't have to give him all of the information, you know, that you have to have on file at a hospital for them to do anything. They had him on file, which was made things quicker. But, you know, they give us, you know, I had to sit in there with the ice pack and they give us our bracelets and stuff and then take us to the back and we're like, okay, come back here, wait. They'll be right with you as soon as they can. And maybe five, ten minutes we're back there and they grab him up and they bring him back and get him under, you know, one of their little... Triage curtain, bed areas, and so we're back there, you know they're they're doing you know weights and blood pressure and getting vitals, and they unfortunately have to start an IV, which because he seems to have his mom's veins w- uh, took three tries for them to start an i v on him, and it ended up having to go up to like a supervisor. RN on the floor for them to get somebody who could actually get in his veins and not blow them out or not get them to roll or whatever, because like his mom, he's got tiny ass veins that seem to squirm and are very difficult. He's, he's apparently a difficult poke. (laughs) And so they did finally get him, you know, situated and get an IV and they get, uh, some pain meds in him to get him managed. And they, you know, they start like they do, they start loading him up with morphine to keep everything under control. And, you know, I, it's one of those things where when you're going through that much pain, you start looking at, well, you know, how much pain am I dealing with? How much does it hurt? Because you, you don't know. And, like the, you know, they always ask you. They've got the little sign on the wall with the happy faces and and very angry faces and and dying miserable faces. You know, on a scale of one to ten, what is your pain level? And he's like, oh, well, the the ten, but like fifty times more. I was <laughs> like, okay, so his pain level is at fifty right now. Really, math wise, it's five hundred, but we're just gonna say fifty. So his pain level is a fifty right now, and they give him the morphine in his IV. And he's like, you know, kind of one of those, is it working? I don't know. Is it, you know, what, what's going on? I don't know. And I was like, okay, well, does it burn? Does it, are you feeling itchy? (laughs) Like what? Like if when the morphine starts working, you're going to get itchy and it's going to burn in your arm and it's gonna feel like little bugs crawling as it's working into your system. Trust me, it's the weirdest experience. And it sucks. <laughs> I hate when I, I hate getting morphine in the hospital. It's it's just it's a go to. And it when you need a really quick pain relief on an emergency like a broken arm, it's good to go to. Or in my case, the last time I had it was uh kidney stoned. But It sucks. The experience of dealing with morphine and coming off of morphine sucks because it feels weird. Mostly it it feels weird. And so I'm like trying to coach him through the, you know, keeping him calm and breathing and hey, focus on the breathing. Don't focus on the needles. Don't worry about the thing in your arm. Worry about me and trying to talk to him and just keep him calm because he's just freaking the fuck out about the whole thing. He's scared about being in the hospital. He's scared about having a broken wrist. He's just completely freaked about the entire situation. And, you know, takes a little time. They've got to get their team together to do this because it's like, hey, okay, we got to get x-rays so we know exactly what's going on here. And one of the fun things, okay, fun for me, probably not so much for him or, Anybody else who's been through a hospital in the last few years. The last time I've had to get any x rays, I've had to, you know, go down to radiology and sit there in a the little thing and they're behind the wall with the, the, you know, the lead wall and they put the apron over the shit that they're not checking. And most of my recent x rays have been like chest x rays to do my ribs for cracked ribs and things like that. But now they've got these cool mobile x ray machines where they just wheel this bitch on into the little booth curtain thing where he's sitting at and they just slide that little imaging plate underneath his arm, which sucked to deal with and watch him because they have to pick his arm up and put the plate under him and all that. But, you know, they just slide the little image plate under him and position the the little x-ray zapper In just the right place to get the angle they need and click, click, take their x-rays, off they go. And they don't have to move him or do anything else other than putting the plate under him. And it's like nifty little thing. I've never seen something like that. And so I was like, hey man, it's it's come a long way from where you have to go down there and stand in line and hold your arm up against the thing and they shoot you from behind the wall. But yeah, nifty. So they come back with the X rays and they're like, Oh yeah, it looks like he's got you know, uh, this bone is broken and this is like, this is broken right here, but this one didn't break all the way through and it's kind of bent and okay, let's get everybody's together and we're going to sedate him and we're going to reset this and wrap it up and we should be out of here and you will just go and, you know, see uh, the orthopedic guy in a few days and get a hard cast put on and you'll be good. And they're like, okay, this will be over really fast. So they get, you know, the other nurses and doctors and everybody in, and the x-ray guys are there just to check on everything and, and you know, take pictures so they can see if they got a good, clean fix on it. And they go and they, they you know, sedate him, and they get him all knocked up on ketamine. And they tell him, it's like, you're going to be a little silly after this, but you won't feel a thing, we promise. You're going to be asleep. And so they you know, get them all sedated and everything and everybody's in there and they're ready to work and they've got the guy there who's got the, who's going to, you know, wrap everything up and the the whole team's there and they've got all supplies and everybody's prepped and they're ready to go. And so you know, it, it's funny when I've never seen other than like videos on the internet of people on ketamine and their kind of reaction and how they sleep. But they gave him this, and he was obviously out cold, but his eyes were still bug open, like just wide-eyed as hell, but you could see there was nothing behind his eyes. He was like out cold just with his eyes open, which looked really weird as they start pulling and twisting and maneuvering his arm to reset this broken bone. And they get like re-go, but they keep saying, it keeps slipping, and I keep hearing him It keeps slipping out of place. And he's like, that doesn't sound good. And they go, I think we got it. And they wrap it up and they shoot a couple more x-rays and they look at the x-rays and looks like it's not completely reset. The bones aren't back straight how they need to be. And they're like, it slipped out of place. You may need to get surgery. So then doctors get on the phone with, because we're at a, you know, the, the hospital we were at caters more to senior citizens than to little kids. And so they get on to their neighboring hospital that has a children's unit that has the children's hospital there and call over there and talk to their pediatric orthopedic surgeon. And he says, bring them over here. We've got some different machines. We've got a team that specializes in resetting kids' bones. We'll have them take a shot at it and see if they can get it fixed up for you. So after going through all of this, we now have to pack up and drive halfway across town to the children's hospital. Okay, I shouldn't say halfway across town, but it was about 30 minutes away to the children's hospital and go through all this again and basically check into the ER there and they have a pediatric emergency department there which is good but get checked into their pediatric emergency department and like say hey we're transferred from this hospital this is the situation they tried resetting it but it didn't apparently it didn't take so they get us all situated back in their pediatric room and they're doing all the stuff and They get their big x-ray machine that is this whole other monstrosity where they're able to basically work and take live x-ray images to this screen so they can make small adjustments and check on them and make small adjustments as they're resetting his wrist. Which, oh yeah, now having seen the x-rays, they've determined he didn't break his wrist, he actually broke his forearm even worse, but they have their crack team of doctors and nurses who do this all the time and reset bones and wrists and all this stuff and fix broken arms all the time. And so they've got their whole team and their, their fancy machine that they can make adjustments and, and click and shoot pictures on the fly and work. And they 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 still can't do it. <laughs> they get it set, and they think they've got it. And they're like, you know, it's like it might still pop because it kept trying to pop out of place on them. And they're like, okay, we're gonna try it, and we're gonna get it. And they they thought they got it, and they wrapped it, and they had it tight, and they had a hard, uh, plaster kind of layer in there to really set it. And they're like, all right, we're going to take another set of x-rays and see if it took or if it popped out of place. And so they bring in the regular mobile x-ray machine again. And while he's still kind of asleep, take some shots of this second attempt at setting his wrist arm, (laughs) sorry. His resetting his arm and it popped out of place again. So now two attempts to reset his arm and, you know, get it popped back into place have failed, at which point they inform us that they're going to have to go to surgery. And he's still asleep at this point because by this point it's now close to 10 o'clock at night way past his bedtime and it's been a stressful night and we're starving because we normally eat dinner after class and all this shit happened before class and so we didn't eat dinner we rushed to the hospital and oh yeah they've been sedating him and you can't eat before sedation because it can make you throw up so it's like 10 o'clock at night we haven't eaten we haven't slept well technically he slept but it was you know chemically induced And we're just exhausted and stressed. And they inform us that they're going to try and get us a room and that we will be going into surgery. And here I'm thinking, okay, well, they're going to wrap him up and schedule surgery for like anywhere in the next day or two. Because I was thinking too over Christmas a few years ago when my boss mistakenly stupidly broke his hand on one of those boxing uh bar games and was like, you know, they they wrapped up his hand, but he didn't have surgery on it for like a week after he broke it. It was like, oh yeah, it's all messed up. And they he had it, you know, bandaged and then they did the surgery on it like a week later. And here I was thinking, oh yeah, okay, they're gonna bandage him up and they're gonna send us home and say, okay, We're going to get you scheduled for surgery to get this fixed in the next day or two. And they're like, nope, we're getting this fixed as soon as we can. But that's like a, you're not going home. We're going to get you a room. You're getting admitted to the hospital. I'm like, oh shit. (laughs) And he hadn't heard that news yet. And I'm at this point, it's somewhere in the vicinity of two in the morning. and. Then you know the doctors, and nurses come in and are checking on him and let him. You know, it, it kind of comes out that yes, he's going to be getting surgery. No, we're not going home anytime soon. And just lots of oh yeah, we're getting you a room. And I'm just like, fuck. At which point he just starts panicking again, yeah, panicking again. And I, I'm just like, uh, I. Every time they would give us another any bit of news that wasn't "we're leaving," "we're done," "bye," "let's go home," he was freaking out. And unfortunately, like me, his pain response is anger. When he gets hurt and he's in pain, he gets mad, and so. He was being less than cordial with a lot of people and a lot of the medical staff for a while and was being very snippy with people. And me and my wife both kind of had to lecture him about, you know, being respectful to people and, you know, I don't care how much you're hurting. That doesn't excuse being rude to people, especially the people who are trying to help you. And, you know, it, it sunk in. He, you know, fixed his sort of attitude that he had. And because a lot of it was like, okay, we're going to, we have to give you an IV. And he suddenly, the idea of them putting it like, no, you're not touching. Like, yeah, there's the fuck they are. And when they say they're going to have to, you know, fix his arm and they're going to have to reset, they're going to have to do this again. Like, no, no, you're not. And you just get very angry in his response to the people who are trying to help him. and. Or like when the x-ray techs have to move his arm or when they have to, you know, take something off of him when we had to try and take his pads off because that was a whole ordeal out of all of this time. Remember, we left his class with him still in full sparring pads and we went into the ER in full sparring pads and we were able to get his like vest and his feet his foot pads off of him, but he still had his uniform on. And by the time we get to the second hospital, they're like, okay, if we're going to wrap him, we're going to be wrapping him halfway up to his shoulder. So all the way past his elbow and halfway up to his shoulder, we need to get this uniform off of him. And so they tried to pull it over his initial bandage and it just wasn't taking. So they're like all right we're going to have to do this once he's asleep and so when they sedated him the second time second failed time they the, the whole team they're like all right and they grab his arm and they grab his uniform and they like by this point we'd like slipped his other arm off and we we tried to get it off of him without uh waiting for him to be asleep but it just wasn't going to go cuz it's just not a very stretchy fabric and the bandaging was really bulky and it just wasn't going to fit but they're like, all right, we're just gonna have to wait until we take this off. And as soon as he's out, and I think the the second time they didn't give him ketamine the second time. I didn't even get into how silly and dopey he got the first time. Like, you know, we've got oodles of material and stuff to tease him about from these. And I, of course, I shot video, but for the sake of of decency, I'm I've, I'm only sharing it with family. But I've got lots of embarrassing video of him all doped up on ketamine. They didn't give him ketamine this time, but as soon as they gave him his shots, he knocked out hard. I just see him like they, you know, I see the syringe go. I see his head drop. Just, nope, he's out. And they just buzz to work and just start like spinning, unwrapping the original bandage and rip him out. I just see him go flying across the room. And then the doctor grabs his uniform and rips his uniform the rest of the way off. And then, then they grab his arm and proceed to sit there and rearrange and rearrange. And this is when they're using the machine there. They've got like the instantaneous stuff and they're rearranging and popping and trying to get it all put together before they're like, okay, I think we got it. And then they quick, 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 wrap it, wrap it, wrap it. And realistically, it is maybe 10 minutes from when it was injection to knock him out, everything off, reset his wrist, rewrapped it, was about 10 minutes. And it just this whirlwind of, of busy bees and, you know, nurses and doctors trying to do this. And again, just to find out that, nope, it's going to have to go to surgery. But all of this it just floored him. He was so upset and so mad. He just wanted to go home. He was like the like he was freaked out about being in a hospital. He was freaked out about having a broken arm. He was you know stressed about you know and then they tell him that he's going to have to have surgery and then he's like they're going to cut up my arm. They're going to have to cut into my arm. Well like yeah, maybe, but you're going to be asleep anyway and like everything else that's happened so far basically they're going to give you some medicine in your IV. You're going to fall asleep and you're going to wake up with a new kind of bandage on your arm, just like you have the last two times they put something in your IV. Right. And it didn't matter how many times I explained this to him, Like, they're going to give you some medicine. You're going to fall asleep. You're going to wake up and you'll be fixed. I realize we have told you this two times already and it didn't fix you. But this time it's surgery. It's going to be fixed. And the nurse, you know, I told him this like 10 times. He doesn't believe me. But then the nurse says it and he's like, Oh, is that really he's like, yeah, that's really it. That's what's gonna happen. Your dad is right. You're gonna get you're gonna fall asleep, you're gonna wake up, and it'll be all be better. Still didn't really keep him from freaking out because just the idea of I'm gonna have to have surgery and when are we going home? I'm so tired, I'm so hungry, my arm hurts so much. I just wanna go home. I want this to be over. And me trying to explain to him, like. I know you want it to be over, but there's nothing I can do to stop your pain. I can't stop this. The only thing we can do is get this surgery because the surgery will be the thing that will put everything back together. That'll fix your arm. And unfortunately, we have to wait until it's time for surgery. But right about 6 a.m., they were able to get us into a room. Mind you, we've basically been at the hospital since 5 p.m. And we've now gone through two failed attempts at resetting his arm and very uncomfortable sleeping conditions because I basically ended up sleeping in a like little guest chair and not even like a full room. It's I'm just in the like the, you know, the room, the little extra chair for Your whoever to sit in when you're in the emergency room and that's all I had to sleep in and so I basically sat there in that chair at the foot of his bed with his taekwondo gi as a blanket for my legs because I was wearing shorts I was not dressed for hospital fucking freezing balls air conditioning and so I'm like sitting here covering up my legs with that and then laid my head down on my arms at the foot of his bed so I'm all bent in half and just that and just in complete pain because this is destroying my back it was actually really hard on my arms too my arms got really cramped it was really hard for me when I did wake up I was actually in a lot of pain but that aside you know, right about 6 a.m. they get us up and say, hey, we got a room for you. We need to get, let's get all your stuff together so we can move you down there. And, you know, the the transport team with the hospital shows up and they wheel us down to the pediatrics department and we got a room down there. And like, first thing I was thinking was, was like, ah, there's going to be a, a, guest bed down there because they've got you know the hospital bed and then there's the little couch that's in the room that doubles as a bed or it's just a fucking couch it's a place that i can sit that has padding that i can lay down and have some relief on my back and again we hadn't had anything to eat all night because couldn't have anything to eat on sedation but or like around three or three or four the nurse had said hey since they are scheduling you for surgery later they said You're allowed to eat until 8 a.m. And so they brought in some like Gatorade and Cheez-Its and stuff. But by this point, they're like, you know, he was out cold. But once they get us to the room, they're like, all right, you have until 8 a.m. to eat. So we're going to get you the breakfast menu and here get you the phone so you guys can order. We're putting a rush on it because after 8 a.m., they're not going to let you eat anything because you need to have an empty stomach for surgery. And I'm like, okay, well, what time are we expecting surgery? And they look it up and he was scheduled for 4 p.m. Yeah, 4 p.m. So we have basically like 11 hours. Is that 11 hours? No, 23 hours from when we arrived, he is scheduled for surgery. But, you know, they they get us in there. We have a room. I've got basically, I've got a couch to sleep on. He's got a bigger, more comfortable bed. He can control his incline. He can adjust himself. He is at least up to this point wrapped. His arm is wrapped. He's got a sling. And, you know, he can watch TV at least. And, you know, over the course of this entire whole thing, my wife has been video calling him and talking to him and trying to calm him down. I guess he was getting freaked out and we were all getting freaked out. And the other boys were getting freaked out by it because they didn't know what to do because Charlie's hurt and they don't know if he's okay and all this. And so there was a lot of video chatting to try and calm everybody's nerves. But, you know, we get to the room, we get our breakfast. There was a whole mix up where they thought that he got bumped up to, it was basically a computer glitch. Where they actually, right before we ordered breakfast, they sent transport down to take us up to the operating room. And the nurses were like, did he get bumped up? Did there was a cancellation or something? And they put him in. I don't know. We get up to the operating or to the pre-op and they're like, no, he's on the books for four. And then they look and see, oh, it was just a glitch when they put in the order uh, for and like scheduled his surgery. It, it. Put in the request for transport immediately. Like, no, he's he's due at four o'clock. So we'll see you guys at four o'clock. <laughs> but you know, we go down, we eat our breakfast, fucking sleep, and I I really don't remember most of that morning between lunch or our like breakfast at eight o'clock ending, and there were a couple instances of him waking up and his arm hurting and needing some pain meds. And, you know, nurses coming in to take vitals and things like that. But, you know, up to that point, other than that, it was pretty much we sat there with Disney on TV and slept whatever sleep we could get. And just for reference, if you've never slept on a hospital couch or even the hospital beds that are made from the couch, it's not pleasant. It really isn't too much of an upgrade from the emergency room chairs other than you can lay down but it is one of the most god-awful and remind you i just went through the whole explanation of how bad the cabin beds were when we go camping this is worse this is just agony It's, it's really only like, I, I honestly considered just laying on the floor other than the fact that it was a hospital floor and I'm just like, "Eh." but I'm sleeping on this couch. This really lame ass, uncomfortable plastic is hot as hell because it's plastic couch and I get, yeah, you know, plastic surface, less germs, blah, 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 still uncomfortable as fuck, but I'm basically laying down on this thing, getting every minute of sleep I possibly can over the rest of that day until we go into surgery. And by this point, my wife and sister and niece have orchestrated bringing me some warmer clothes and a phone charger. And they brought my tablet for Charlie to have some games to play and kind of a distraction. But you know, we get up. He goes into surgery that afternoon and, you know, afterwards the doctors, you know, like they do, they come out and tell the family, oh, well, here's, it went all the way, here's what happened, here's what we did, all that sort of, stuff." and they basically were telling me like, yeah, it did not want to reset. We like, we really had to crank down on it to get it to pop back into place. But once we got it in there, it, it locked in and they got the pins in and got it pinned together. And told me it was like, yeah, he's gonna have this hump. That's where the pins are, blah, 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 blah. He needs to come in for an x-ray in a few weeks to see if he's doing all right. We'll take the pins out in a few weeks after that, and then we'll put him and then he'll come out of his cast a few more weeks after that. We're like, okay, and getting kind of the whole rundown. And we had been told conflicting things up to this point about, well, what's the recovery time? When are we gonna go home? Like after surgery, what are we gonna do? And it went from well, they might keep you late because it's a late afternoon surgery, so they might want to keep him overnight for observation from the anesthesia to well, it's a small thing, it's just a surgery on his hand, you're going to come out, and as long as your pain is under control, they'll send they can send you home tonight and that was basically kind of the operating principle we'd been on was we the last thing we'd heard was. Well, it says if your pain is managed, you can go home tonight. So it's really more of your choice if your pain is controlled to your satisfaction. And I'm thinking this whole time, okay, he's going to want to go home tonight. Everybody wants us to go home tonight. He wants to go home tonight. He's been saying, I want to go home. I want to go home this entire time. I want to get out of the hospital. I want to go home. I want this to be over. So it surprised the shit out of me when the nurse and doctors are asking him, well, what do you want to do? And I'm being the, giving him his independence because I'm not the one with the broken arm. He is. So I let him make that decision and he says, I think I want to stay. And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? We've just spent the last day and a half in a damn hospital getting you patched up and you've told me umpteen thousand times how you just want to go home and you want this over. Like you've got your surgery, you're fixed up, you're patched up. We've got your pain meds. You, we can go home now. And you say, no, I want to stay another night just to be sure. And I'm just like, I want to go home. I want to sleep in my own bed. That doesn't give me severe back pain. I want to eat food that has flavor because come on hospital food, especially in the, in the rooms is bland as hell. And I know it has to be bland as hell because they have to, you know, accommodate people with special diets and all this stuff. And it can't have a ton of sugar and it can't have a ton of salt and it can't have all like anything with flavor because most things with flavor are bad for particular medical diets. Cause you know, there's, if your doctor puts you on a low sugar diet or a low carb diet or a low salt diet while you're in the hospital or whatever, they got to be able to accommodate that. But yeah, everything was really bland. <laughs> and so I'm like, I just want real food and a real bed to really sleep in. But I will give him credit. He was kind of right about staying because around one o'clock in the morning, he actually ended up having a big flare up of pain, which realistically just kind of amounted to, he tosses and turns in his sleep and he had moved enough to hurt his arm. So it hurt. kind of it. His pain meds had worn off. He was tossing in his sleep. His arm hurt. And so they came and, you know, gave him some morphine and put him, you know, got him situated. And he goes, and it was really funny because overnight, the doctors and nurses, everyone that came in, were like, "Oh, you need some juice? You want you want some pudding? Do you want some ice cream?" And just like spoiling the shit out of him. And in part because I was tired, but also in part because, hey, you know what? When's the next time? Better not have a next time where you're going to have this opportunity where you're going to be in the hospital and they're throwing snack foods and ice cream and pudding and juice at you all the time. I'll just let you take advantage of it. So, like. I let him have all the snacks and crap and junk they wanted to give him. And, you know, that was like, yeah, just deal. But it was probably somewhere around two or three in the morning where he really just had this, like, I want to go home. I don't want to be here anymore. I was like, yeah, I know. That's what I told you. But they're not going to let us go home at three in the morning. And just wait. Tell the nurse the next time they come in to check on you that you're ready to go home. And what's he going to tell you? And a was well, sure as hell comes in, and he says, I, "I just want to go home. Can we go home?" And they're like, "Well, they're not going to release you at four o'clock in the morning. You're going to have to wait until the morning for the doctors to come in for them to sign off on your release." And he just got upset, like he does. But it was four o'clock in the morning, so he went to sleep. But you know, realistically, we just you know sleep it off, get up in the morning, get our you know, order our breakfast. And, you know, pretty early, his doctor, his surgeon came in and kind of gave me the rundown. Hey, here's what's going to happen. Here's the follow-up visits. We're, you know, we're going to check on this. We're going to check on that. And in about six weeks, he should be good. You know, no physical activity. He can't be in Taekwondo during all this, you know, no no physical straining stuff. He basically kind of limited to walking at this point. Um, you know, the, the the standard stuff, keep your cast dry, blah, blah, blah. Here's your pain medication. Here's how to take it. And then they're like, okay, well, the pediatrician still has to come in and sign off on his release, but that shouldn't be too long. They're doing rounds right now. So pediatrician comes in like maybe an hour later, signs off on everything, says, hey, here's your treatment plan. Here's the things, blah, 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 blah. So we end up out you know, finally get our, you know, got his prescription. We've got all the stuff. We're heading home. And, you know, it wasn't until we were leaving and packing up all our stuff. And we're looking at the time and Charlie's just like, we've been here for a full camping trip because we checked in here. We got here at five o'clock. We are here all night the next night, and we're leaving by lunchtime the next morning. So basically, like, we basically stayed in the hospital for the entirety of what is our standard camping trip. And fuck, I don't want to do this again anytime soon. <laughs> this is such a, uh, I mean, yeah, ER visits and things like this, you're, you're never going to have a good time. It's an emergency room visit. You done fucked up or got sick or got hurt or something that you're in this particular predicament. But holy fuck, it sucks to go through. It is a miserable, painful, aggravating experience. I hate going to the hospital. I don't think hardly anybody enjoys going to the hospital, but holy fuck, I hate going to the hospital for this and dealing with all this crap and everything. But we did it. He's all patched up. We're home. We had to, you know, ex- try and figure out how to get him a shower because naturally he'd been in hospital bed and sweating and surgery and all this stuff for the last few nights. They had to, you know, plastic bag, wrap his cast and help him take a shower. And then, you know, he's, he's getting used to, you know, because He's right-handed. He broke his right hand because naturally that's the one he used to try and break his fall. And so, you know, he's got a broken arm and he's got about six weeks for it to heal. And, you know, since his dominant hand was the one broken, he's not only having to learn how to do a lot of stuff left-handed, we're having to help him with a lot of stuff. Things like he can't button his own pants, (laughs) you know, He's trying to unlock achievements, as he's put it, you know, being able to open and close his own car doors, put his seatbelt on himself, you know, try and put his sling on. He really can't put his sling on by himself. It is kind of a two handed job in general. So he needs some help with stuff like that. But, you know, he's trying to figure out how to do with his left hand and the rest he's got help for. You know, everybody's been chipping in. Hey, help him find this. Hey, you know, I had to help him put his socks on. He could put his shoes on. And I think it's more because he doesn't tie them or untie them. But he was able to put his shoes on himself this morning. I had to help him with socks. We had to help him find his uniform. I had to help him pull his pants up. But we're we're finding a new normal. So sometime early January, he should be all set to get his cast off. Huh. 6 weeks seems like such a long way away, doesn't it? I guess more so for him. He's the one with the broken arm, but it feels like like an eternity of time from now to when he's going to have full range of motion back and he'll be able to function again and be, you know, a a productive member of the family because he was more than happy when I told him, oh, I guess this means you can't do dishes anymore. <laughs> Suddenly dishes are falling back on me. Probably with his brother, but mostly falling back on me. And, I'm like, ah, and I don't want to do the dishes any more than he does. But he's basically out of doing dishes for a month. And his brother's going to have to pick up slack and all that. But, you know, we're we're going to make do. It's, it's a sucky, sucky-ass situation. It really is. And it's going to take a lot of getting used to and a lot of timing pain meds to not, you know, conflict with stuff and being able to go to school and get his work done and all this stuff and learn to do left-handed. But man, ugh, I, I feel bad for him. I do because it sucks. I've never had a broken bone like this, but it's, it's not fun. It's not a fun experience doing it. It's not a fun experience he's now going to have to have for the next six weeks. But now it's something he can say happened to him. It's like, yeah, I broke my arm in seventh grade in Taekwondo. Then there were a few people who were like, oh, how did it happen? And, you know, he tells them, oh, I tripped over myself in Taekwondo. It was like, next time, tell him you did it in a fight. <laughs> I'm like, or you could just say, yeah, I broke my arm in Taekwondo. It'd sound tough while you're doing it. Yeah, I broke my arm in Taekwondo. What? <laughs> Except if I told him to do it, he'd do it just like that with the shitty, like, fucking douchebag attitude and everything. But I do think this whole situation humbled him. And it obviously also made him very popular with the kids in his Taekwondo class. Because when we went back after everything and the boys had to go to class, And he's now sitting on the sidelines. Everybody was running up asking him, how did it happen? What happened? How are you? Are you okay? I'm like, because, okay, they were all there and they all saw what happened for the most part. But nobody knew exactly what happened. They just knew he fell. We rushed him out. He's been gone. I heard he broke his arm (laughs) because one of his best friends lives in our neighborhood and she kept coming in to check on him and like would show up on the ring camera. and. You know, we talked to her through the ring and she would bring notes and get well messages and things for him. And it was really nice. And so, you know, it, it, it's it been an experience. And again, really think that a lot of this kind of humbled him because, you know, he, he had kind of an attitude and there was a lot of fear. And now him being aware of, I've got to be careful and I've got to take care of myself. And, you know, we're in line with taking care of yourself. We are collectively as a family going to change the way we eat because as my wife put it, bones aren't supposed to bend and his bones bent and it was part of what made his repair so difficult. So we're going to get the boys eating better and eating more fruits and vegetables and, and not so much junk. And you know, Oh, if we're making, Dinner. We're going to have a vegetable with it. We're going to have a salad. You know, I've been I experimented with roasting carrots the same way I do my roasted potatoes tonight. I just forgot to up the seasoning a little bit for the extra volume of material I had. But you know, we're we're making do and we're we're adjusting and accommodating and and working it all out. But holy fuck, I never want to do this again, (laughs) like ever. Ever, ever. Broken bones suck. Hospital trips suck. Be careful. Take better care of you. And if you're going to fall, fall with both hands so you don't break one of them. Ah. But, until next time, I have been Adam Higgins, The Odd Dad out. Follow me in all the places. Share the show with your friends. Be careful. And until next time, thank you and good night.